Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson with Cam Barry and Ryan LaVoy on the show today. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap skills and games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill. Tap enable to use and you're done. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. And you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. All right. What we want to do right now is go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a good friend of the show, the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, our good pal, Andy Burcham, stopping by to say hello to us on a rainy Wednesday. Greetings, Mr. Burcham. How are things in your world? I'm doing well. It's a rainy world, but that's a good thing, I believe. And we need the rain badly. I know my lawn does. <laughs> yeah, no complaints there. It's uh, it's good to get a little shower every Absolutely. now and again. Uh, so we've got another road trip coming up for Auburn football. Uh, they take on Ole Miss on Saturday, and, and obviously the game on Saturday did, did not go in favor of the Tigers. Not too many bright spots from that one. But after seeing five consecutive home games in front of Jordan-Hare Stadium, was it a bit of a nice feeling to broadcast from a different vantage point, Andy, to see a different stadium, to see a different venue to get the travel element back involved in what you do yeah i agree i I think it was it was good to be back on the road for the first time and well since the world series uh in in omaha nebraska i think i think it was good for this team to be on the road a little bit of a change of 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 scenery so to speak for this for this auburn team and it was good to be back on the sideline for our broadcast uh, facility to be sure um as 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 we were at, at georgia now it did not go as we had planned as we had hoped, certainly. Uh, that's a really good Georgia ball club and the defending national champs. And, and I was impressed with their run game. And, and speaking of run games, Auburn will get an even better run game when it faces Ole Miss this Saturday morning. You saw this Georgia team play Auburn a year ago, obviously going on to win a national championship and lost a lot of members of that defensive unit for the Bulldogs. Did you feel as though that was a tougher Georgia defense that Auburn faced on Saturday, or or where did that fall in the grand scheme of things? No, no I, thought, I thought last year was a better Georgia defense. It was a smothering defense a year ago, a constricting defense. They got better as the game went on. I'm not saying this year is a bad Georgia defense. I don't mean that by any stretch of the imagination. I do think it's a better Georgia offense this year than it was a year ago. And I think Stetson Bennett is better this year than he was a year ago. And I get the idea that that team is starting to find its run game a little bit better. So I think it's a little bit different of a Georgia team. I don't know if it's quite as good as it was a year ago. doesn't mean they won't win an actual championship. Uh, I was impressed with the Georgia team. They have a good, good kicking game. And um, it'll be very, very interesting to see how that team fares the rest of the season with tests from Kentucky and tests from uh, and and Tennessee all still coming up. They still have the Florida game, and then uh, in all like like I don't know who it is going to be in the SEC championship game. It could be it could be the team that Auburn faces this Saturday that could be there. Both of these, you know, there are a couple undefeated teams in the SEC West, and Auburn still has both of those teams on the road before the end of this season. 
And we're talking about road games, Andy, and I want to talk about some of these road environments that that you've called in and that these players have to play. And obviously Georgia, well-known to have a good environment. Ole Miss has been kind of struggling to keep fans in their stands for the entirety of games, and that's not a unique problem to just Ole Miss. Several programs experience that now and again, but the, the difference here is Ole Miss obviously has played a lot of great football. So what about Auburn going to an 11 a.m. kickoff on the road versus, say, if they were going to a road game in the afternoon or especially at night? I know it's still going to be a tough environment, but uh, just kind of compare those atmospheres as you've seen it, those 11 a.m. atmospheres versus night atmospheres. Well, let's just compare the stadiums themselves. I mean, Auburn played in one of the bigger venues in the Southeastern Conference last week in that 2.30 start at Sanford Stadium in Athens. Ole Miss is a smaller stadium. Just it seats fewer folks. And it's an 11 o'clock game, so it's fewer. It's less time to be in the Grove uh, for, for Ole Miss and, and their fans. I don't think the atmosphere is going to be a problem, though, for Ole Miss come this Saturday. I mean, this team is number nine in the country. It has a 13-game home winning streak. It is 6-0 overall, 2-0 in the SEC. And they've got an Auburn team coming in that's a bit wounded. And it's an opportunity for Ole Miss to avenge a loss that I'm sure they feel they should have won um, a year ago. As a matter of fact, Auburn's won the last two games against Ole Miss. Auburn won in October of 2020 and then won the game here last year, although Ole Miss made a, a nice comeback at, at the end of that one. I don't think atmosphere is going to be a problem at bought Hemingway Stadium on, on Saturday. Now, it's an 11 o'clock game, and that, that is a factor, guys. There's just no question. It's a factor at Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's a factor um, anywhere you go. I mean, it's early. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the old adage is that an 11 o'clock game is better for the road team than it is for the home team because it probably takes a little bit away from the atmosphere on the day and how raucous it is, at least early in the game. And, and for Auburn, they don't, they're not sitting around the hotel all day. I mean, they're getting up early. And getting on the bus and making that forty ride, forty minute ride down from Tupelo to Oxford, and getting ready for an eleven o'clock start. And Andy, as you alluded to, this Auburn team was able to beat Ole Miss last year in Jordan Hare Stadium. Also beat them in twenty twenty. It's something Lane Kiffin talked about today in his SEC teleconference. But as you see it, what can Auburn do? What matchups are you looking forward to in this game as Auburn tries to maintain the success they have had against Ole Miss? Obviously, with the with the background that Auburn has been a way different team this year than they were at the po- that point last year, while Ole Miss continues to be uh, a really quality team again this year. Well, here's what stands out about this Ole Miss, especially on offense right now. They are the third fastest-paced offense in the country behind Indiana and SMU. They're running a play every 20 seconds on offense, and that's tough to adjust to. Auburn will have to be very organized from play to play. It's very little time that Auburn has to even get new personnel on the field. That will be a challenge. And this LSU team runs the ball extraordinarily well, guys. They have 21, 21 rushing touchdowns this season. And they're averaging 242 yards a game on the ground, another 248 yards in the air. And their starting quarterback, Jackson Dart, who transferred for USC, he was the National Player of the Year back in 2020 coming out of high school, is another very good dual threat. He's a better dual threat quarterback than Auburn faced last week in Stetson Bennett. Uh, Now, in watching some of the film on Jackson Dart, especially early in the season, 
he he kind of looked for hits, which is probably not the smartest thing to do, uh, considering how early it was on the season and how much wear and tear that would have. That has probably changed a bit through the mid portion of this season. But he's a he runs a good RPO, guys, and he's a good runner. And then they've got Quentin Junkins, who's of course uh, just from Pike Road, Alabama, who has. Uh, 400, 581 yards rushing and eight touchdowns this year. Another four catches on the season. Zach Evans, a highly touted transfer from Houston who came to Ole Miss from TCU, has six more touchdowns and 480 yards rushing. And just when you think that all they do is run the football, look at what Jonathan Mingo did last week at, at Vanderbilt, setting a, an Ole Miss school record with 247 yards and a couple touchdowns receiving at Vanderbilt, and he's the leading receiver in the SEC. This is a very good, high-powered, and balanced offense that Auburn faces. It is, and and here's one more thing, just to add to all of this. Ole Miss protects his quarterback better than anybody else in the SEC. So trying to get to Jackson Dart, who gets rid of the ball quickly or can run the football, has been uh, a challenge for teams leading up to this ballgame. We're talking with Andy Bertram, the voice of the Auburn Tigers. Auburn takes on Ole Miss on Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff. You can listen to the game on FM Talk 93.9. Talking about this game in more detail, Andy, Auburn, six consecutive wins against the Rebels. They've won 11 of 13 in this series stretch. And in many of those outings, they've kept Ole Miss, that offense that we're talking about, down 20 points or fewer in a lot of those outings in the Auburn and Ole Miss series history over the last few years defensively what are you seeing from this Ole Miss unit and what can Auburn do to put their offense in the best chance to succeed that's a really good question JJ and I'm not sure I have the answer with regard to Auburn's offense right now I mean Auburn a week ago you know you're you're starting if you include Nick Brahms who we all thought was going to be the starting center in preseason practice Auburn is down to its fourth center at right now Nick Brahms did not play for Auburn this season. Kate Johnson started and was injured. Jalil Urban has played, and now Brandon Council is Auburn's starting center. That's four four different guys at center than you thought would be at the start of the season. And as a result, you've kind of had to move guys around. Cam Stutz started, started the year at right guard. He's moved to left guard. By the way, I think he's had a really good season yeah. um, and, and, and has played well for Auburn. Killian's there has been Auburn's rock on the, on, the, on the left tackle spot. But that right side of the offensive line, Keandre Jones, we've seen Cam Stutz over there, Alec Jackson over there, Austin Troxel at the tackle spot. Both Jackson and Troxel left last week's game and did not come back in. So we saw Brendan Coffey out there at, at right tackle. We saw Keandre Jones at the right guard spot for Auburn last week. So just what offensive line we see up for Auburn Saturday morning, I think right now, at least remains to be seen at this point. So, to me, that's that's the biggest part of the ball game. And Auburn's Robbie Ashford has to continue to progress as a starting quarterback in the Southeastern Conference. When he started that game against LSU, his first college start, remember the last time he had started a football game was at Hoover High School. And that was two years ago. He spent two years at Oregon and didn't play football. He played baseball. So... He is just now going into his third college start at this point of the season. And I think we have seen improvement. I thought we certainly saw improvement. Actually, this will be his fourth start. My my bad. 
we saw improvement from his first start to his second start. I thought he had his best game against LSU. But in the Southeastern Conference, you have got to be able to step up into the pocket and move vertically and not laterally. At times, you don't have a choice but to get out of the pocket that way. But you look at the play that perhaps turned things around for LSU in that game. Auburn led 17 to nothing, deep in its own territory, and Robbie was flushed from the pocket. And instead of moving up into the pocket or just trying to get three or four yards moving forward, he moved to his right. And in the Southeastern Conference, defensive ends had the speed to run down a quarterback from behind. And that's what happened. That was the strip sack, the scoop and score that really turned that game around, changed the momentum in that ball game. And that's something that, that Robbie Ashford has to continue to improve upon this season. I know it is being emphasized by that coaching staff. Andy, Auburn basketball uh, had their pro day today, which means we're under a month away from uh, the start of bas- college basketball season. So I want to get your thoughts just on the team as a whole. you got a collection of guys that will be new to the program again, and we've seen what Auburn's been able to do with some of their freshmen, some of their new players and transfers over the last few years. But also Auburn's got a talented group of guys coming back. Are, are you more excited to see the collection of, of new players into the Auburn program or more excited to see the development? developmental process of the guys returning to Auburn again. Is, is both one of my options? Because <laughs> yeah. of really, yes, you, it, you it, can it, answer both. Yes, Yeah, it, it really is both. And, and here's one. I'm anxious to see KD Johnson 15 pounds lighter than he was a year ago and, and watch his progression from year one in the Auburn program to year two because he, at times, was spectacular for Auburn a year ago and needs to be more consistent this season. Auburn returns its backcourt and adds a Chance Westry and a Trey Donaldson. Now, Westry's out for a little bit because of the knee the knee surgery. We don't know exactly when he'll be back. Auburn returns a healthy Alan Flanagan who is, is back at practice. Uh, and, and, and if he is healthy, he gives Auburn a dimension that it really did not have a year ago. Here's the, here's the one thing that we can't do is we can't just simply say, well, yeah, we've lost Walker Kessler. We've lost Jabari Davis. But you've got another freshman at 6'10", and Yoan Treor. And then you return, then you get Broom in to play at the post. I don't think we can expect Broom and Treor to be what we saw from Kessler and Jabari a year ago. I'm not sure it's fair to say those guys will be. those. Now, they're the same type of players. Broom's a shot blocker and maybe more physical on the inside than Walker was. And Treor brings a great skill set to Auburn, but is still rather young in the game. Jabari, and listen, did anyone, did any of you guys watch Jabari warm up before a basketball game last year? Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. Yep. I mean, he, he did it like he was in the pros already. There was a plan. You know, he wasn't out there goofing around, in the, not that the other guys were. But he wasn't out there, you know, seeing what kind of windmill dunk he could have in the layup line and that stuff. <laughs> there, there was a plan for that young man. And as a result, he's the third pick in the NBA draft. and should have been higher, in my opinion, but no one asked me at that point. Um, so I think it's tough to compare and say, well, we expect Yohan Treor to be just like Javari Smith was a year ago. He has a skill set, and he's six foot ten, and he can shoot the three. Is he going to be that kind of player immediately? 
like Jabari was. Listen, Bruce Pearl said of Jabari Smith last year, every game he knew he had the best player on the floor, and he's never had that in his career as a head coach. And it was a true freshman that he was talking about. I don't know if he can say that this year about the same guy game in and game out. But I'm excited. Guys, I'm excited about uh, what we see from this team early on. I like the group that comes back from a year ago. A Chris Moore one is more is much more healthy. He was dealing with knee trouble all last year. He had that worked on in the offseason, and he is a more healthy basketball player. He will help Auburn coming off the bench. I think Jalen Williams takes a step forward for Auburn this year, working whether it's the three, the four, or the five. Uh, he has the ability especially to run at that four and the five. Um, and then, you know, Katie Johnson is back, and Wendell is back, and Zepp is back, and they get freshmen that, that can help them as well. So it will be a little bit of a different team this year than it was a year ago, but I think it's a it's a team to be very, very excited about, and a team that will probably be picked fourth or fifth in the SEC. And that SEC championship team from a year ago, remember, was picked fourth in the preseason. Should be interesting to follow. 26 days away from that first game of the season on November 7th against George Mason, which coincides with my birthday. So that's a fun little uh, tidbit there to add. Yeah, how about that? Starting off the basketball season on my birthday. Pretty cool stuff. Um, That is pretty cool. Aside from your vocals and the vocals of Brad Law combined tomorrow night for Tiger Talk, why should folks be tuned in, Andy? We will talk Auburn soccer with Tigers coach Karen Hopper. They're coming off their best weekend in the SEC this season and getting ready for a very tough match on the road at Texas A&M. We will talk, of course, with Auburn head coach Brian Harson as the Tigers get ready for Ole Miss. And we will talk with one of those guys that's going back to his home state, the always entertaining Derek Hall. Didn't know this until today. Derek Hall was born four months early. He was born at two pounds, one ounce. <laughs> Wow. And they didn't know if he was going to live. Uh, it's an amazing story. I mean, looking at him right now on the verge Oops. of an NFL career, uh, but uh, he almost didn't make it. And and part of his platform right now, part of what he is doing with his NIL platform is, is helping families with premature babies. So we talk about that with Derek Hall on, Sports, or on, on Tiger Talk tomorrow night. Absolutely. Can't wait to hear it on FM Talk 93.9 and uh, there on the Auburn Tigers app, the Auburn Sports Network. Andy, thanks so much for the time as always. It's good catching up with you, my friend. My pleasure, guys. Have a great day. War Eagle.